Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So, stay with us, as right now, we present... We have a great guest for you today. I'm really looking forward. We actually, we were having a great time talking before we got on the air. Sadly, I should record those so that I can play them back for people because you, some of the best things happen during those conversations. I, I really, do. <laughs> it's like the bloopers. That's the funny part. <laughs> exactly. And we can say anything that we don't feel like it can't be said on the radio. We can go there. There you go. Insta exactly. By the way, uh, it's it's Jeannie, right? It's Jean. Close. I'll respond Jean. to Jeannie, but most people call me Jean. Uh, Jean Collins is our guest, and and she is an interior designer by trade. She was in the corporate world for many years, and she did what most of us do at one point in time or another. And she says, as a matter of fact, we were talking about this before because I said. Uh, um, have you ever heard the expression living the dream? And you took it to a whole nother level of living the dream. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, now I'm living the dream. I was not before. Um, but yeah, I lost my nice big VP of advertising job um, right before I turned 50, right before COVID. And I always used to joke about, we were talking about the living the dream part. And we used to joke at, at work about living the dream more like, in such a negative when everything was really stressed to be like, how did it go? And we're like, live in the dream thinking this can't be the dream. This is like, are you kidding me? And I had hats made that said live in the dream. And it was sort of this inside joke amongst us sales leaders of, you know, the worse it got, the more we were like, Oh, live in that dream. Yep. Here we are. <laughs> and I always used to say like this guys, this can't be the dream. Like, what are we doing? And so luckily I made a little pivot. Um, and now I can say, you know, proudly, like you said, like now I actually can say I am living the dream on a positive as opposed to, you know, it couldn't be any worse than this. Well, and, and the thing that you've done is that you're following your heart, following your passion. You're an interior de designer of note. Now, that's not why we're here to talk to you, but yeah. I wanted to uh, make sure we got that out so that if somebody would like to work with you, you your designs are beautiful and you, you work with folks, you come in within budget. Um, you are professional at what you do. And that was the pivot of, um, going from the corporate world to taking care of yourself and your family and, and doing what you had to do. Um, but at the same time, it was your passion as well, wasn't it? Correct. It is. Interior design was my passion. It was my hobby. And, um, after I lost my job and I was so burnt out from that job, um, both mentally and physically and just emotionally spent. And I was realizing that the job was really starting to physically take a toll on my life. And I really need to reevaluate, you know, what does living really look like here? Um, I decided I was going to take my hobby and turn my hobby into my career. And so I started an interior design business three and a half years ago, um, instead of going back to corporate America. And it's just so great to a, be my own boss and B, be doing something that I love every day and have such great passion for and is so creative. So it's great to be able to just have a major pivot from what I used to do in the corporate world. So if somebody would like to talk to you about, oh my goodness, hire you perhaps, um, how do they get a hold of you? 
Sure. So uh, you can reach out to me through my website, which is germardesigns.com. It's J-E-R-M-A-R designs.com. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram. I'm on there every day. And it's at germar, J-E-R-M-A-R underscore designs. And through the course of you making that transition from the corporate world to running your own business, a successful business, I might add, uh, you have decided also to become an author. And so you wrote a memoir about your life, and it's called Two Feet In. And that is what we want to focus on during the course of this podcast today. Sounds good. Because, yes, I did. I wrote a book. Never thought I would, but I did. So here I am. See, you, it's amazing. You know, the other thing we were talking about beforehand is that you um, have been doing a lot of, pod, a lot of podcasts to work to uh, uh, promote the book which as you should, and there's some people that you've met that are very interesting. And you, you made the comment, one of which is like, she lives in a completely different country or a different part of the country. She has a completely different life experience, but it's the same. And so we both, have, we both have the same things going on and the same desires. And I'm convinced one of the reasons that I really like having you on the show is I'm convinced that at one point in our lives, we all do this. We all say, is this all there is? You know, there has to be more, you know, I mean, I had the, I had a corporate job and I was uh, a, a district sales manager for a major food company and I had 12 reports and all like, and, and before that I sold chicken, I traveled the country and sold chicken. <laughs> and, and, but there was, it was like, why am I really here? Right. This right. feels like filler. You know, I had the house, I had the dog, I had the cat, I had the kids, I had the wife, I had the picket fence and all that stuff. And it was like I wasn't living, I wasn't living my dream, I can tell you. And I, but I didn't even know what my dream was um, until I, until I went through some, some things in my own life. Where was it in your life where you decided that you were going to fulfill and follow your dream? And did you know what it was when you started out to do this? Oh, no, I had no idea what my dream was. Oh, um, see? I didn't. I had absolutely no idea. I mean, I kind of knew, like, I knew enough to say, if I won the lottery, folks, I'm gone tomorrow because this isn't it, right? Corporate America yeah. ain't it. And best of luck to all of you. So if I win the lottery, I'm out. Um, and I knew that I really enjoyed interior design. I knew that I enjoyed public speaking. I knew that I enjoyed writing. Um I had no idea that I would ever write a book. I kind of tossed around the concept of maybe someday I'll do like a pretty coffee table interior design book. And wouldn't that be fun? Um, you know, but in terms of writing a memoir, never in a million years was that even on my radar of something that I would do with my life or something that I would say, oh, that's a dream. Um, but the more you just say yes to certain paths and certain things that come across your way, um, the easier it is to kind of figure out like, oh, you know, I actually kind of like that. And, oh, I'm, you know, I do have a strength in public speaking because I have a degree in communications. And, oh, wow, you know, I enjoy talking to people more than I thought I did. And I enjoy inspiring people. And then before you know it, you know, that's sort of the reason and a purpose to be writing a book is to help others. And then that translates into so many other things. So you don't, most people don't know at all what they want to do or what their passions are either for that matter. You said something that is really, really key to the whole process is you said like, yes, as, as things come up and they do for all of us, mm -hmm. um, you have a, you have a choice 
which is free will, and you have a choice at that moment, you can say, no, I'm yeah. too chicken to do that. I could never write a book. I could never speak in front of people. And you made that decision that, uh, hell with that. Sure, why not? Why not? Right, why not? And it's also, I think you have to have the attitude of not just saying yes, you have to have the attitude of it's good to learn and it's good to challenge yourself and it's good to try new things and it's okay to not know how to do everything completely. But the process of learning um, and learning how to do that and then being successful in doing that and the people that you meet along the way, if you really stop and take notice of that, is actually really exciting. You know, that's fun. It's fun to keep learning. It's not like when we were in elementary school and it was work. If you're trying to learn about something that you're interested in, it has a whole different meaning. It really does. And you have done taken that into your interior design and written the book. Uh, and how's the book doing, by the way? The book is doing really well. Um, you know, the feedback I've gotten on the book has been amazing. Um, I'm shocked when I do podcasts and interviews and talk to people, how many of those people have actually read my book, um, and can say, like we were talking about before the show started and can say, oh, you know, chapter two, by the way, I can totally relate to chapter two. Like that was my childhood too. And I have to think back to myself, geez, what is chapter two? I mean, I know it's the beginning, but what's exactly in the beginning? Um, but I've had so many people reach out to me or when I go to speaking events, come up to me and say, you know, what you did after your first marriage or how you struggled in corporate America being a single mom working as an executive. Like, I can relate. I did that. That was me. And I felt trapped just like you did. So it's been really cool to have other people say, I can relate to that. And that was one of the reasons that I wrote the book is to help people who might feel really alone in their struggles across a variety of subjects, realize that they're really not alone. And just because we don't talk about it and just because that isn't what we put on our social media, you know, Instagram feed, you know, we don't put on our Instagram feed like, by the way, guys, I'm drowning as an executive and I can't manage work life. And, you know, like never, you'd never put that out on Instagram. Like I'm drowning, I'm dying. I'm a whore. I feel like a horrible mother. I physically am gaining weight and I feel like I am failing at my job. That's not what we put on social media. We put pretty pictures about how great life is. And so, you know, I think it's just trying to make it pretty real. Like the purpose of the book is to make it really real for people that I'm not a celebrity. I am a real person and who has real life experiences that a lot of people can relate to. And I think there are lessons in my experiences that can help others to think about their experiences and maybe make slightly different choices. I'd like you to change the verbiage on that just a pitch, if you wouldn't mind. When you say you're not a celebrity, I'd like you to add the word yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. There are people in my life, like my daughter, who's like, I don't need you to be famous. I want to be famous, not you. <laughs> And I'm like, I'll make a great mom of a famous person. If you want to go be a famous dancer, I'm all in. And she's like, you're not the one who's supposed to be famous. I'm like, I'm not really looking to be famous. I'm just looking to help people. And, um, you know, and I can recognize I grew up in a certain privileged way. So to say I'm normal isn't really true. Um, but yet most memoirs are written by people who are fairly famous. And whatever they've done to get themselves to be famous is how people know them. So I think... Um, because I'm not, it makes me a little bit more relatable to the everyday person. I, I couldn't agree more, but the, the reality is because you're, you have it in your heart to help people. 
Um, I would like you to consider that the amount of fame that you have only only means that you're able to touch more people. That is true. That is very true. Yes, you are correct. And the more people that you can touch and, and present a positive message, the better off it is for the planet and for each of us. And everybody has got a great story. I've interviewed people that were in their nineties that swore that they had nothing in their life that was ever worth living and, and stuff until we get into their story. And it's amazing what people go through and have done in their lives. And, and so you are a shining example of somebody that you can, they, they can read your book and they can then look at themselves and say, you know, well, she didn't, it wasn't all cupcakes and puppy dog tails for her. It was a difficult life and she made it through and you are a strong woman. I'm sure because I, I tell you being a single mom, <laughs> I, I want, I've, I've seen that job. I don't want that. Job. It's a special kind of job. Being a single mom and being a business executive all at the same time is a special kind of job. It takes a special kind of person. Oh, I can't imagine the, because you were in sales and uh, sales management is, I mean, that all by itself is a 50 hour a week job. Uh, you are responsible for a bunch of people that you need to make sure that they're doing their job because that's your job and and you have to and it's it's hard to do and then you have responsibilities at home and it, it, even just getting the groceries bought uh, when you're an executive is really hard to do that is true making dinner is a challenge and yeah. if I had only worked 50 hours a week, I maybe wouldn't have been so burnt out and could have survived it. But, you know, there were years where it was like 80 hours a week was the norm. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, why do people think that this is an acceptable way to work or an acceptable way to, you know, expect your managers to to work? And it's amazing how many companies out there actually um, think that's normal for their employees to work that many hours. It's really crazy. You know that if if there can be said anything at all that is positive about COVID, it's it's the fact that when people were shut down for a period of time and they go, "Holy crap, this is what life is like." Oh, completely, completely. You take out commuting, you take out traveling, you take out like they have their weekends back without a full schedule, and all of a sudden it's like, "Wow, this is downtime. This is relaxing. This is doing something for me and just spending time with my family. I think I do think there are a lot of huge blessings from COVID, um, especially in terms of personal care and how people are now valuing themselves and their lives and their own time. And we have figured out that you can do Zoom or you can do StreamYard or or other modes that 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 not only save the company money, because I remember there were many days when I would be in a small town like in Arkansas and there would be calling on Tyson the next day and and because I sold chicken yep. and uh, and I would or, or a large restaurant chain and I would be sitting in my hotel room watching CNN having uh, a room service from McDonald's <laughs> and, you know, and I'm away from my family and it's costing the company. It, it costs the company. And this is back in the 90s. It costs the company $1,000 a week whenever I would travel. Oh, sure. Of course. It's expensive. And it's not efficient either. You're gone for a long period of time. And sometimes you're gone for all of a two-hour meeting. 
but yet you could be gone for two days and actually only have FaceTime with your client for a few hours out of that time because you have all of the travel and the time in the airport and you have to go early and it's, you know, Zoom and stuff has just made people realize that, you know, nothing replaces in person, but that does not need to be done nearly as much as corporate America had thought it did. Well, the initial meetings and stuff can all be done by Zoom. And then when it's time to seal the deal and to really get serious, then then it's time to to maybe uh, be in front of somebody. Of course, of course. But, you know, and by people being able to stay home or, you know, work in a remote office, it gives them more time to have more life work balance. And people are realizing that that's important. I know lots of people who used to commute into New York City because I live about an hour outside of New York City that after COVID say there is no way they would ever take a job commuting again because now they've realized they can be with their family. They can work out. They can get more sleep. They can read, meditate, journal, all these things, cook you know, be able to go to the grocery store during the week. And it's just such a change in the quality of life that they would never go back. Oh, I know. I was lucky. I was able to pick my travel. And so I traveled a, a couple of weeks a month. Uh, but the uh, Western um, sales office for Simmons Foods was the fourth bedroom of my house. Yeah. And so I was able able to be there, was able to be to coach and be scoutmaster and and all those kinds of things. And so it was it was easier for me. I can't imagine what it what it's like, especially a single mom, because, you know, you, the responsibilities are many. And when you can't divide up the work and you're there and you've got a house to take care of, you've got yeah, it's, it's just it's just amazing. So I I applaud all the single moms of America. I, I do as well. I do as well. It takes a special kind of person to pull it off. And at the same time, it takes a special kind of person to follow your dream. And I don't mean like I'm living the dream, man. It's like really following your dream and saying yes to what the universe has to offer you. And uh, that, that, what is it about you that you think that you are able to do that rather than when you had to transition from your, the job that you had to go get another one, just like it. I think it's um, it, it's having a mindset, like you said, you know, it's kind of like that, that thought of like, is this all there is in life, you know? <laughs> and so it's having the mindset that I want more and, and it's okay to want more and more doesn't necessarily mean I want more stuff. More means I want more balance. I want more vacations. I want more time at home. I want less stress. So I want more of an ease in my life. I want more peace in my life. And so I think for me, it was having the mindset that I want these things and there's no reason why I can't have them. I, I deserve them just like everyone does. I deserve them. And I, and the universe has it out there for me. If I can just make myself open to it and the universe has everything we want for everyone. And so I just really relied a lot on that mindset and that faith. Um, which is sometimes really hard, you know, like there's some days that like, this is not a whole lot of fun. And you're like, okay, what's the message universe? Cause I'm kind of <laughs> done with this. Like, can we switch gears? Can we change lanes? What I do wrong? Um, but you know, it's good to have your faith tested and it doesn't matter whether your faith is in God or religion or, you know, a higher power. It's just have faith in something and then also have faith in yourself. That, you know, if you work hard and you have something that you're passionate about, you know, you're going to make it work somehow, some way, and it won't work the way you thought it would. Don't be so focused on, you know, oh, the path that needs to be ABCD. 
Um, but just be open to whatever the path is and trust yourself a little bit. And I think a lot of people do sometimes struggle with the trusting themselves part. You know, I don't know whether you are aware of it or not, because I don't think we've talked about this. We may have, because I talk about it a lot, uh, the law of attraction. Yeah. Um, and that is, I interviewed a gentleman by the name of uh, James Arthur Ray. He was in The Secret. which ah, is love. Movie, yeah, love. which is a movie about the, about the law of attraction. And, and in his frame of mind, the only thing the law of attraction left out was, or the, the the secret left out was that you set your mind, you put up your, your vision board, you do all of these things and you keep it in your mind in a positive way, what's going to happen. And then you work towards it every day and you work hard towards it every day to achieve what you want. Cause nothing comes easy. Um, yeah. at least, at least for me, it hasn't. How about you? Right. No, it doesn't come easily at all. And I say that to people all the time. They're like, oh my goodness, your success. I'm like, oh, please people, you know? <laughs> yes. But like life is not always sunshine and roses, everybody. Like, yes, I am really happy and I'm at peace, but we all need to learn to be happy and at peace, even when things are really hard, because that is life. Life is hard and you get knocked down and you get disappointed and, you know, your car breaks down or you need new tires or your furnace breaks and you're like, where am I going to find that money? You know, or you don't get a job that you really wanted to get in my design business. You know, there might be a project that I'm really excited about and really, really want and then don't get chosen. And that's hard and that's sad and it's stressful being your own boss and financially managing all of your income yourself for your family as a single parent is beyond stressful. Um, however, you know, you have to just keep focusing on the goal and the big picture. And I always remind myself and say to people that ask me when I speak to them, you know, if you can take a step back and get out of your current moment and what is causing you stress and anxiety in that current moment and think back and write down when are the times that the universe provided for you. And just start writing examples. And every time I do it, I start and I think like, oh, I'll come up with three things. And then like three pages later in the journal, I'm still writing. Because if you really think about it, like, and it can be small things, you know, or even just small things like, oh, remember when I fell down the stairs and hey, I didn't break my ankle. That's a good thing that you didn't break your ankle, you know, <laughs> like an ankle sprain versus a break is a really actually good thing. And that's like the universe was looking out for you. It wasn't your time to have a broken ankle. Um, so I say to people, when stuff is tough, like think about all the times that the universe did provide and the universe will provide in the tough times too and will get you through it. And then that experience will be what you'll be writing about the next time it gets hard. Um, because life is not always horrible, but life is not always sunshine and fabulous and, you know, rah, rah. And we're all just going to jump around and be like, yay, this is amazing. It is amazing. But life is still hard. We have bills. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, everybody has health issues. The older you get, we have family dynamic that you can't control. I mean, we have to pay taxes. Come on. Like the real world is the real world. And I tell you, sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because sometimes the universe will give you what you want, but yeah. they make it, but it, it hurts along the way. Uh, let me give you an example. I wanted to do this. I've mm -hmm. always, I started in 2003. This is what I want to do to talk to people like you. And, um, and so I said to the universe, cause I was driving a bus 50 hours a week. And I said, I would really like to be able to do this more and do that a lot less. So I moved into a place, fell, um, as I was moving in, tore my rotator cuff, had to have surgery. 
And so then I could not do that job anymore. And so now here I am. And here you it are. Was painful. Yeah. But it worked out. Like, but it worked out. And sometimes the universe lessons are painful because it's what we need to learn at the time. And I think sometimes people don't recognize, like, take a step back. What There's something you need to learn. And that's why this is happening. And if you can figure out what it is that you need to learn or need to grow from or need to get past or how to change your attitude or your mindset or, you know, maybe you're trying to attract something that actually is not a good idea for you. Um, you know, even though the universe, the universe always provides, just it's not always what you think at the time. I wish that when you're, you, and it's unfortunate that you have to be a little bit older in order to appreciate all the things. And then when you start lining them up of what has happened in your life, chapter and verse, you'll find that most of the time it has all led to a combination of, of experiences that lead you to what you're doing today. Um, and some yeah. of them can be learning how to be more resilient. Some of it can be learning that you don't want what a parent did to you or or somebody else or whatever but you're learning through that period and then it becomes the person that you are today who can then turn around and dispense that advice to other people does that make sense totally yes absolutely yes and when you look back after you're through it you're like okay it was tough but it wasn't impossible because i got through it and and look where i am now um, so, you know, and sometimes those lessons are that we shouldn't have certain people in our lives that we think should be in our lives. And maybe their time in our lives is over because they're not positive enough for us and not leading us down the right path. And sometimes those lessons in particular are very painful to recognize that people might not be a positive influence in our life. And, you know, sometimes you have to cut them loose, just like a job might not be positive anymore either. And sometimes you have to really find a different path because it's not a positive influence on you anymore. I have to ask you this because I've, I, this has been rattling around in my brain and you're a smart person and you can understand uh, where I'm going with this. I met right when I was going through my, is this all there is period? Yeah. Uh, I met a guy who was dating a really good friend of ours and his name was Mark and he was of a more spiritual nature. And so we got to talking and we uh, were all talking for days, it seemed like. And we started going to go down the road of learning about meditation, had never done any of that and all this kind of, and we spent some, a lot of time doing that. And then he came to me and he said, uh, we need to do a television show about what we're learning. And uh, it turned into the radio show that I've been doing ever since 2002. Right. And, but I haven't seen him. In 20 years, we had a falling out. Don't even know why, but now, yeah. so I, to this day, have the feeling that he and I, because I believe that we establish what is going to happen to us and what we would like to do in our lifetime before we're even here. And I believe that, that he and I had this, this contract that he was going to come into my life at that particular moment, make those suggestions and those changes that would lead me on a completely different path. And then he was going to exit stage left because he had more to do somewhere else. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. People are there for a reason. 
Uh, and sometimes it's very difficult to recognize that, especially when it's someone that you really care about and someone who's been very influential in your life. Um, but that's something that I've had to deal with quite a bit since I was writing the book was reflecting back on the people who had been in my life that have since exited my life and I'm not sure why and wanting them to be back in my life but having to have peace with the fact that you know what they're not there for a reason so you need to you know I keep telling myself you need to listen to that they're not there for a reason they were there at the time that they were there and they served a function but they're not there anymore and that's okay and it's nothing to take personally it's to your point that their work is now with someone else or for someone else or even for themselves because sometimes people just can't give to others because they can't even take care of themselves. So you have to give them the space to do that. And very well said, by the way, because that's, that's the whole thing. And, and so if somebody has left your life, I'm speaking to the audience here, if somebody has left your life and you are feeling really sad because they're no longer around well, give it some time because you're going to come to see that they had other things to do. They were not serving you the way that you needed to be served going forward. And you'll see that over time. And so just I've, I've taken the attitude with people in my life. I'm just going to bless them and love them and say, have a great life. And wish them well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to be, I've also found, I, I feel like I let myself be a little bit sad sometimes that they're not in my life. Um, but then I also remind myself that my life and who I am today is not the same person I was when they were in my life. And maybe that's why they're not in my life anymore, because I'm not that same person and I don't have those same needs or those same struggles or those same challenges. And maybe that's why they're not there anymore, because I've changed and I've grown and I since have attracted different people into my life that bring different sets of things to my life and to the table now. Like you talk about, you know, the guy who got you into radio being really spiritual and into meditation. And I have found the more that I am invested in the laws of the universe or invested in manifesting or journaling or all the things that I do or the things that I read and I'm interested in about I want to share with my friends. I have found that I'm actually attracting more friends that are on that same wavelength. And then the ones that aren't are kind of disappearing a little because they're like, I don't know about you, <laughs> you know? And so I look at it like, oh, wow, because my I'm evolving and I'm growing. And so, wow, I'm attracting in people that have knowledge about these things that I'm interested in that I actually don't. So I'm learning from new people because I'm attracting that type of person to me because that's what I want in my life now. And that's different than the person I was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I was not that same person. So it's okay that the people of 20 years ago are, are not here anymore. That's all right. And when people listen to what you just said and go, I just don't understand how that can be. Let me explain because it's a scientific principle. We vibrate, all of us, everybody vibrates at a, at a certain level. We have, each of us has our own level of energy and vibration that we do. As our lives change and we raise our vibration and you do that through meditation, being quiet, uh, quieting your mind, 
and and just allowing things to flow around you, your vibration tends to rise. As it rises, you're now not functioning at the same vibrational level of people that you were around prior to. So now what they're interested in is not what you're interested in anymore because you're interested in other things because you're vibrating at a higher level. The higher level that you vibrate, the, the more in touch you are with yourself, with your soul, with, with all that is, at least in my opinion. And Correct. so when you're, when you're not vibrating at the same level, those people tend to say, you know, I don't know what it is about Jean, but she's changed. You know, <laughs> she's not the same. <laughs> and and so, so they say, well, I don't know. I just don't feel as good as, as I did at one time because we're not, we're not meshing. They, they'll use other two words like we're not meshing or not connecting or we're not. And it's because of the vibrational level. But what happens is as those people go away, people that have of a higher vibrational level tend to enter your life because it feels good to them to meet somebody on their level. And those are people that are worth attracting. Do you agree? Oh, oh fully agree. Fully agree. And you have to just be open to it and pay attention to it. Um, and, and recognize, oh, wow, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so invited me for coffee and I don't barely know that person, but you know what? I should say yes to that because not everybody runs around with like, you know, a sign being like, Hey man, I'm into meditating and the energy and universe. Like here I am. I got a shirt that says I'm into the universe. So, you know, sometimes you got to spend a little time with people. And then when you do, all of a sudden you find out they're, you know, they're reading crystals. And, you know, I met a woman oh, two weeks ago. She's an intuitive. She sees ghosts. I had no idea until we had been talking for an hour and a half. I was like, you got to be kidding me. But, you know, I was like, I'm in. I believe everything you're talking about. And then she started opening up about all these things. And I had no idea that that was her current state. And she didn't use still till she got divorced and went through a major depression. And all of a sudden, she's like, I started seeing people when I was talking to my intuitives. And all of a sudden, there were like people on their shoulder. And I'm like, who is that on your shoulder? <laughs> and she realized that now, you know, she, people talk to her, you know, into, you know, people of the past start to talk to her. And she has this whole gift that she didn't know. She's 62. She had no idea she had this gift. But my point is, I would have never known had I seen this woman in the grocery store or even just met her for a cup of coffee. I would have never known until I must have said something about my belief in the universe or the law of attraction or that we manifest people that come into our lives or people are there for a reason to teach us something. So I must have said something that made her realize, ooh, I might be a safe person to share how I feel. And then once we really started talking, I was like, oh my goodness, I could learn so much from you. You are amazing. But the universe brings these people to our lives because, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I tend to now meet more people like that because to your point, I'm vibrating at an energy that's a little bit different. My priorities are different. The things that matter to me are different. And people that are vibrating at a lower, more negative energy, I have made conscious decisions to say, I actually don't want to be around you because I might spend an hour with you, but I leave and I feel drained for hours afterward. And so it's not just the time that I'm with someone who's negative. It's how I feel afterward and how long it takes me to get feel like I've gotten back to my center and my energy. And therefore, you know, I had a career coach who was like the one to four rule, one hour with a negative person. You need four hours with a positive person to get yourself back to center. 
if you're really in tune with your energy. And so now I make very different choices about the people that I spend time with, because if they are tipping that scale in the negative, I'm like, oh, do I have four hours to like get myself back in check after that? And I'm like, no, I don't. And we all know people, you get on the phone with them and they just complain and complain and woe is me and I'm a victim. And that's not helpful. That doesn't help our energy at all. We need to kind of stay clear and they need to find people at their own energy level. And that's not us. Well, you know, and the thing is right now in our country, you can see it as plain as day, as plain as the nose on, on your face, that there are people that are vibrating at like energy. And so they're forming groups of individuals and people that that are following leaders that are also vibrating at a lower energy and it makes them feel good. And so they can sit in a, in a large room or a stadium or whatever it is, and they can sit there and complain to each other about how crappy the world is and how shitty life is and how all of these things, and it makes them feel better, For I, which sounds really bizarre, but apparently it makes them feel better. I don't know. I don't understand how that can make one feel better, but I would say go out and volunteer and go do a little volunteer work to help someone less fortunate than you, and that'll make you feel better. I <laughs> Well said, my dear. Well said. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> just complaining doesn't accomplish anything because it's all about if you think about the law of attraction and manifestation, it's all about what you think about and all about what you say. And so if your brain is constantly thinking about all of the negative and that is the talk and the chatter that you're putting out into the universe, either in your head or vocalizing, that's all you're going to get is more of that. And so if you don't stop that, it's never going to get any better. And the law of attraction is very clear on that. Um, and so, but some people don't believe in it, but they should. Well, you know, I'll, I tell you, your 62 year old friend who sees ghosts and stuff. Remember as little as 400 years ago, had she said somebody said that to somebody like in Salem, Massachusetts or someplace, right. yeah. they, they would have hung her. Or, or hunger. Or right. her to yeah. yeah. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, when can we have dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm like, you know, because people do and, and I fully believe in it. And it's all about how do you and she's like, you know, the most important thing is that I use that skill set of mine for the good and to help people. And I'm like, that's the difference between way back when where they felt like witches and everything were just evil. You know, if you read a meet a real intuitive, their purpose is only for good. That's it. It is not about negative. Their purpose is about helping and good. And that's a great trait. It surely is. It surely is. And and in fact, I've done over 2000 interviews in my career and a lot of them I've done worked with a lot of mediums and they've done a lot of readings. And when a, a psychic medium does and connects with somebody, they make them feel better um, because do. There's a lot of us that that feel really badly about um, losing someone. Um, I, I, I don't anymore because of my firm belief is that they're looking over me and they're having the time of their lives mm -hmm. and they're watching all of us down here suffering and enjoying the show. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I agree. And they're not in pain anymore. And so, you know, and our physical time here, and not everybody agrees with this either, but I do, um, you know, our physical time here is a blip. Um, it's absolutely a blip in time. And so you want to make it as powerful and impactful as you possibly can and, and touch as many people as you can. But this is just a small blip in life in terms of how you can have an impact and how you can make a difference. I get the, I get the, the, the biggest kick out of people that say, at least in, from my framework, that this is, you know, this is the only life I get. I'm going to be here for 
50, 60, 70 years, and that's it. The Earth has been here for four and a half billion years. That is a long, 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 long time. And so I, what do we do? I mean, if we're just going to be, I, I think that we're all interested in learning more about about our experiences, about, about um, things that we there are things that you have to experience physically in order to experience them. Um, you can intellectually know something, but if you don't physically f- experience it, then you don't really know. I'll give you an example in heaven or home, which is what I call it. We all love each other and, and love is all there is. And, but you come down here and people don't love each other and you may love somebody and they turn around and say, I don't love you. And so you feel that pain and that stuff that you're not going to feel on the other side because it's a very real thing. How do you negotiate through that? How do you forgive people? How do you? And that's all of the things that we're here to learn, I believe. What do you think? No. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I do also think like people say I have one life and I have one life here. And I, I think there's part of that mindset that I do think is good in terms of let's make sure we make the most of the time we're here and be very present and be very conscious with what we decide to do with our time and the people that are in our lives, because that is true in this format and in this stage of our life and our journey and our soul's journey, this is this one time. And to your point, this is your time where you're going to feel and experience. So in some ways we do have one life in this format. And so we should embrace that and not wait for, I will be happy when, okay, there's no when here, folks. Like it's now, <laughs> it's now stop saying, I'll be happy when, if, if you're going to be happy in the future, then you need to create a present of happy. Um, because thinking that, you know, it's going to happen in some further down the road part of our journey, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> so it, uh, it, it's amazing to me how many people, and, and you know them in the corporate world, um, they're scared. They make too much. They, they have the golden handcuffs on. They make too much money to leave, but they're not happy with what they're doing. They're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. They don't really have a life. And then someday, either sooner or later, but someday maybe they get a gold watch at 65. And then after being backwatered for 10 years, because you're, they're not going to get promoted anymore. So they are given the job that they can handle that nobody has to really pay attention to them. And then they retire at 65 and then they have nothing. They right. have no passion because their passion was their work. That's all they knew. They don't necessarily have a marriage because now they're home and they're invading their wife's territory. And she's, she's that happening to, to my parents and grandparents. They, when, when they were, when the men retired, it was like, what the hell are you get doing? Out. Right. Get out. I don't know you. I don't like you. So get out. Right. It's yeah. true. It's true. Well, I said to someone the other day when I was um, doing a book talk about something, I said to someone, I said, you know, the crazy thing about our culture is and our society, especially, you know, in America and especially in major cities like where I live and where you live, um, 
people define themselves by their job. And I said, you know, your job is what defines who you are and your value and your worth in life. But think about it. Do you ever put like, you know, on your tombstone, Gene Collins, VP of sales? Like, no, you don't. <laughs> you would never, never would you put that, right? You would want something else that talked a little bit more about who you really were and your personality and what you gave back and what you did and how you felt and your vibe and everything else. So if those are the things we're going to put on the tombstone, you know, why do we wait until the tombstone to make that be how we define ourselves? Let's figure out how to define ourselves by something other than our job title. And when you can do that, then you're finding your passions and then let your passions lead you to something in a different job title. But it's hard because our society and our culture is all about what is that job title and that that defines who you are. I don't know how, how much you've had experience with uh, death and dying and people on their, on their, in their last days, uh, but I've talked to a lot of hospice people and a lot of folks that have been around people that are in their last stage of life and nobody complains about not having enough money. No. Nobody complains about, about not getting that promotion. What they complain about is not having the relationship with their family or with their friends or, or, or living the life and living the passion that they wanted to live or doing what they wanted to live. Right. And, yeah, and the experiences, like not having the experiences that they wanted to have while they were here. Yeah, and so it's it's a terrible, terrible um, tragedy that you've done to yourself when you when you say no to the universe. Correct, correct, and that's why it's. I think that's why it's important with people like you and people like me who have made these major career changes. And you know, I'm a perfect example of the golden handcuffs. Like I had it royally. Um, but I think by being able to share our stories and tell people how we got past that and got through that and life was better on the other side, um, and how much it changed every aspect of our lives by hearing our stories and the things that we now do and what our days are now like, I think that helps inspire more and more people to not be so afraid, um, to try to do something different with their lives and to not wait. I couldn't agree more years ago. Uh, about a year and a half after I had left corporate America and I went to, there was a, uh, uh, some sort of an event and I got invited to it for that company. And so we we're th sitting there having dinner and th the director of purchasing walked up to me, who'd had a few too many. <laughs> and he said, you know, I gotta tell you, I, I'm so amazed the way you did and so i'm so jealous how'd you do it <laughs> as he's drooling on my shoulder <laughs> and it's like it's like i just did it it was right. in me and i just i didn't say no and right. i love the way that you say that and it's you know what you make a decision and that's why my book is called two feet in you make a decision and you just go you just keep walking forward you put both feet in you go all in with what that path is and don't be so focused on the outcome and don't be so focused on how do you get from a to d you just put two feet in and you go and be really open and pay attention to the universe and what is coming at you and be resourceful and ask for help and be vulnerable explain to people, I am trying to do something new. I am 50 years old and I am trying to get into a new career in a new industry. And it is amazing how many people will help if you allow yourself to be a little bit vulnerable and share a little bit of your story. Because the reality is, is that everybody actually wants to be you. 
<laughs> they're just too scared to do it. Everybody wants to be like in a career that they're passionate about and feel like they're living their best lives. Who doesn't want that? Everyone does. So if you make yourself a little vulnerable and ask for a little help along the way, it's amazing how many people will actually step up and help you. I agree with that 100%, you know, in the end. By the way, it is such a pleasure having you here. Can I have you? Will you come back? Oh, I would love to come back. Thank you. You're, I love your platform, Positive Talk Radio. Nothing's better than that. It's great. And so are you. And if, if you want to get in touch with her, if you want to buy her book, go buy it from her. Um, or you can get it on Amazon and all the all the platforms and stuff. But if you want to get uh, a synopsis of the book and and look at it and, and your story and stuff, where do they go? Um, they can go lots of different places, right? So you can obviously you can reach out to me at, you know, Jean, J-E-A-N-N-E at Jermar Designs, J-E-R-M-A-R designs.com. You can order a book directly through me. You can go to your local bookstore and ask for it. They can order it for you. You can go on to Amazon. You can get it in hardcover. You can get it in a Kindle. You can get it in the audiobook format. Anywhere where you would buy an audiobook, it exists in that format too. Not everybody wants a piece of paper, I understand. So it's out there in every every format. So all you have to do is reach out. The book is called Two Feet In Lessons from an All-In Life. And even if you just Google that title, you will get to my website with a link to buy it or a link to email me. Um, so I try to make it pretty easy. And by the way, because Jean is going to be such a large celebrity, uh, if you want her to sign the book, it's only $150. <coughs> Excuse me. And <laughs> And which is, by the way, is going to be cheap because in five, 10 years, that's going to be worth that signature is going to be worth five grand. So it, um, it hopefully will. And I will sign it with a nice sentiment, too. Um, I've gotten really positive feedback about the sentiment that I use when I sign the book. And I'm not going to share what it is, but I use the same one every time. Um, and, and it's a good one. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Such great talk about high energy. It was amazing. Thank you. I'm I, you you inspire me and and I know that if I if you inspire me then you will inspire the folks that listen to this show because you're everything that uh, you're everything that everybody wants to be uh, just follow your heart follow your dreams and say yes to the universe I think that's a pretty good recipe don't you I do I do yep you just have to be open and be grateful let's not forget being grateful oh absolutely Gratitude. Be grateful. yeah be grateful. Be grateful for even the smallest of things. Really, the fact that you can get out of bed physically is a great thing to be grateful for. But take a few moments every morning, and I always do, and I take a few moments every night to be grateful. And sometimes it's really simple, like just the fact that my rug in my bedroom is soft, and that makes me happy when I wake up. And sometimes it's just that the sun is shining. And, you know, sometimes it's bigger things like, wow, you know, I thought I might have COVID and I didn't get COVID. So I'm grateful for that, you know. So it's important to be grateful. It is. It is indeed. And I'm a little older than you. So I, I, um, appreciate being able to get out of bed a little bit more. So, you know, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's, it's part of life. It's and part so, of life. and that's, by the way, just as an aside, that's why I tend to hang around younger people 
because I was talking with my sister who's five years older than me. She's had like 13 surgeries and all that kind of stuff. And she goes, well, you need to hang out with older people because then we just sit around and talk about all the things that are wrong with us. And it's like, uh, no, I don't think so. Like, I don't need to do that. I don't want to spend all day talking about how my body's falling apart. No, thank you. Uh, because I don't want it to fall apart. And I've got other things that, that I've got to accomplish in the next 15, 20 years. Correct. Correct. So instead, talk about the things that you're doing to make it so your body might fall apart at a slower rate. <laughs> and it will because it will it's inevitable that will happen okay that is going to happen these our bodies are not meant to last 200 years so but focus on doing things that will slow down that rate and you do only have one body in this physical lifetime and you should absolutely take care of it and that comes from sleep and meditating and breathing and calm and giving your mind some peace and how you eat and movement everything reading keeping your brain challenged there's so much that people can do to you know, keep their body and to take care of that body that they have while they're here. Because you want to use it and be mean, meanfully employed using your body till the last day that you're alive. That is true. You do. Yes. Yes. You take care of your body. Your body will take care of you too. Exactly. Jane, we've got to go, but any last thoughts or words you'd like to uh, share with our audience? You know, I just hope people are inspired by my story. And if you do buy my book and read it, please reach out. I love to hear from people and hear how my story impacted them or resonated with them because um, that feels back. The reason that I've done it is to help people feel not so alone and to help them kind of feel the energy that I have and feel it through my book. And hopefully I can help people raise their energy and just be more positive about things in life. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. So thank you. You are most welcome. And tell your daughter that if she continues to work hard, she indeed will hit Broadway, but not after, not before you're famous. <laughs> it will find out who's famous first. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine what she's going to tell you if you say that to her. Anyway. She's going to say it's going to be me. And I'll be like, that's great. Cool. All for it. <laughs> I love, I love a young person who has passion and drive and belief in a future goal and something that they have the confidence to accomplish. It's great. And you know who gave her that or at least contributed to it. it she did get a lot of that from home. So that is a home run as far as I'm concerned in the parenting bucket. Exactly. Congratulations. And Thank congrats you so much. Thank you, Kevin, for having me. It's been great. It, I've enjoyed every, every little piece of it. So thank, thank you. you. Thank if you wait you. right there, I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. What's hey, the thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.